Broadcasting from the Skull and Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Skull and Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 171. I'm Smitty. And I'm Zook. And this is the show for the week of Monday, July 7th. Yay! Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. I know I did. Burn yourselves or anything like that. Yeah. I was out of town. I don't know about you, but I was out of town up in glorious Boise. Yeah, I I said that with a slight hint of sarcasm. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, Boise, Idaho. (laughs) Yes, yes. Which meant that I missed out, unfortunately, on FantasyCon that happened this last weekend, right over the 4th of July at the Salt Lake Lake City Salt Palace. Uh, But our very own Dollface was there, who uh, had many, many pictures and many videos, and maybe by the time you're listening to this, we will have them up online. We're hoping to. Uh, But uh, a good time was had by all. There were many a Hobbit there, from what I understand. Yes, Hobbitville. It was... I, I don't think uh I think they'd change the name to uh Hobbit Con if they Yeah could. Hobbit Con, yes. Well, all the actors who did Lord of the Rings, except for Elijah Wood and uh Ian McKellen and whatnot, they they all came. They had Simon Pegg there. They had this huge, like sixty foot dragon, which just seemed pretty awesome. So I mean, it was a good time had by all, and you'll be able to see the videos and the pictures up on our site here pretty soon. So, yay. Uh, hey, before we get any, any further into this, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Also, uh, many, many, many a thanks, thousands of thanks to our friends at 4814. That's 48-14.com. They're our host. They're the ones we trust with the site, with our lives, with this show you hear every week. And we couldn't be happier with it. You know, they always are there for us. They're always up on top of things for us. And they always give us the very best support. And you know what? We want them to give you the very best support, too. So head on over to 4814. Get set up with a host for the, from them. They can handle anything you can throw at them. So, yay. I'm saying yay a lot. <laughs> I'm still hearing fireworks outside. It's the 6th of July now. And we're in Utah. And I don't know how this is anywhere else in the world, but in Utah, we light fireworks from like the 1st of July until the end of July. The Chinese don't light as many fireworks as we do. <laughs> Being a parent, it's kind of infuriating because we, we plan for the 4th, you know, keeping our kids up late. But for the rest of the time, we're, we're trying to keep our kids asleep. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, it so. really it really, really is. Um, especially because that's when all the uh, animals go crazy. Because <laughs> they're all scared to death. Uh, <laughs> we have some feedback from Facebook that I never got to. And I feel like a bit of a putz for this. Uh, Zane, a, f- a friend of ours, wrote on the... Wait, that's... Hopefully he didn't write that. Did I ever give feedback from Zane's... Uh, uh, did I ever read Zane's feedback on Let's Play? I think so, yes. Where I said that he saw them as another form of podcast? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe I'm not as behind the behind the uh, the times as I thought I was. Because I'm looking at this going, I did not miss this from February 8th, did I? Yeah, we, we got that a long time ago. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel better then. Sorry, Zane. I was about to uh, give you double feedback on air, but I'm not going to do it now. But he does bring up, maybe we can do a a Let's Play of Zelda for Stolen Droids fans. We actually talked about this with my brother, about doing a Let's Play Dungeons & Dragons session. (laughs) About doing like a a Google Hangout Dungeons & Dragons. I think that'd be pretty funny. That would be funny. Since it's been like over 20 years since I've done (laughs) D&D. We'll just do... Just do magic missile. <laughs> we'll yeah. figure that out. We'll we'll do it. We'll we'll make that we'll make it happen, right? Alright. Well, into our other headlines. It was uh well honestly, it was a bit of a short week last week because we I left early to go traveling with family, and then we just kind of ignored everything that happened after I think Thursday. But we did find out that Facebook has been running psychological tests on you. Yeah, not too happy about that. 
I, on one hand, okay, let's go into the details. It turns out that Facebook ran some psychological experiments on their users. Not all of their users, but quite a few users. Um, back in January of 2012, over 600,000 users without their knowledge and without any consent uh, were the subject of a mind test where they took half of them and they increased the amount of negative posts people saw on their wall and the other half they increased the number of positive posts people saw on their wall. And they were trying to see how that affected people and what they posted themselves. Like, if you saw nothing but negativity, how would you respond? If you saw nothing but positivity... Positivity? Yeah. Posit- is that a word? Positivity, yep. Hashtag that. That's ours now. <laughs> Hashtag positivity. There's a, there's a show title if ever there was one. Um, but people would react more positively. Yeah. People started to get really upset about this, but Facebook pointed out, nope, nope, sorry, that is directly in our terms of service. We're allowed to do that to you. And sure enough, it was. Yeah, and I mean, this particular uh, instance, they only ran this test for only a week. Um, But because it's in their terms of service, who knows how many other instances they've they've been polling on us. Every time I miss posts in my news feed like say for instance um i know my wife posted something so i'll go open my facebook and i don't see it in my news feed i have to explicitly click on her name into her profile to see that post it makes me wonder if they're doing stuff like this to me and it's it's kind of odd and it gives me a really odd feeling um kind of between anger and confusion and frustration and I have to go crawl in my little corner, my aerial corner. You know, I hadn't thought of that at all. But you're absolutely right, because I have oftentimes wondered why it is I'm not getting anything from my wife. I can't see her at all sometimes. It is kind and, of odd. And you might be right. I hadn't even considered that. Some people, I just I know they're posting things, and I can't see them. Yeah, and I part of me wonders if I don't see all the posts from my wife because in their algorithm they think oh they don't need to see each other's posts because well they're living together or you know something something benign like that. But then when you read art, uh, articles like this, uh, I kind of doubt it's something as benign as that. And even if that were the case, they're still messing with my timeline. I want to see my friends' posts in the order they're posting them. And when they post them. Is that too much to ask from a social network? That's kind of how it's supposed to be, right? Well, and, okay, so they actually, they they came out with a a statement. And the statement is, quote, We felt that it was important to investigate the common worry that seeing friends post positive content leads to people feeling negative or left out. At the same time, we were concerned that exposure to friends' negativity might lead people to avoid visiting Facebook. We didn't clearly state our motives in the paper. I can understand why some people have concerns about it, and my co-authors and I are very sorry for the way the paper described the research and the anxiety it caused. In hindsight, the research benefits of the paper may not have justified all this anxiety. End quote. The paper they're talking about is a uh, the June Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Uh, so they actually published this in a medical journal. They were trying to see... That whole fear of being left out. You know, the reason people do things on Facebook nonstop anyway, and they're thinking, okay, if everyone is posting all this positive stuff, does that make you feel left out, and does that give you a negative feeling on Facebook? Did it find that out? We don't know. We don't know. Which, which is a valid concern, but is that, is, should that concern be held by Facebook? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I think uh, the psychology of Facebook is pretty bad off to begin with. I don't know if I want to be psychoanalyzed by my feed. So, uh, Shmitty, I can see you there. You're being blinded by the mic uh, light. (laughs) You can't hear me? 
No, I, I can hear you, but oh. uh, you're being you're being blinded by the mic light. If anyone's wondering why I sound different and why Schmitty sounds different, we're using different mics tonight than we normally I, do. He, I stole his microphone. Yeah, he's <laughs> using my microphone, which has like this super bright LED that's used to like blind gators or something in the Everglades. I don't know why it's on the side of a microphone, and he's trying <laughs> to put a post-it note on it to keep it from blinding him as he records. It didn't work. No, it it didn't. Yeah, just turn the mic slightly. No, not into the camera. That's going to blind me now. <laughs> okay, but the real, the real question is... Yeah, here we are troubleshooting on the air. The real question is, is does this make anyone want to leave Facebook? <laughs> That's a silly question. <laughs> of course not, because people still are scared of being left out. Every time there is a, a a major issue with Facebook, how much does it affect their user base? Little to nothing. Yeah. Uh, I hear many people complain all the time about things Facebook is doing or um, how they're always seeing game invites or how Facebook is doing this and violating my privacy. But then again, that next day, that person's posting 10, 20 things an hour again on Facebook. It's almost like they don't care. I think that's just it. They, they want they want to sit there and rant with other people, but in the end, they want their Facebook. Well, they're they're scared of being left out. They're scared of being the one who doesn't conform. It's hard being the odd person out. And what's even weirder now, not that I'm one to judge on this, but when Pinterest came out and people were thinking, oh, people are going to leave Facebook to Pinterest, instead the opposite happened. People went and joined Pinterest and then post on Facebook about what they pinned on Pinterest. In fact, there were people that didn't have Facebook accounts that got a Facebook account because it was easier to log into Pinterest with a Facebook account. Yeah. Yeah, and we see that everywhere. You go to Gizmodo and you want to leave a comment. Guess what? It's easier to sign with your Facebook account. If you're playing Clash of Clans and you want to sync up with your friends, easiest way to do that is with a Facebook account. It's bizarre. So I kind of worry that they're going to be willing to do anything to our feeds, alter them however we want. We'll never know until two years later, two, three years later. And yeah, okay, we're fine with it. No one really cares. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, into other news of the interesting, actually. We discussed this before. Um, in a different case, but a long time ago, a lady in Colorado, a real estate agent, was on trial for, I think, embezzling or something, really shady dealings with money. And she kept all the evidence on her computer, but it was bitlocked. The, her, the, her computer was encrypted. The bitlocker encryption had been turned on, and they couldn't crack it because bitlocker is uncrackable. At least, for the most part, uncrackable. Well, the judge said, you need to unencrypt this. You need to enter your password and unencrypt it. And she said, I have forgotten what it is. Furthermore, if I were to decrypt it, that'd be a violation of my Fifth Amendment rights, and so you can't maybe do it. For clarification, in case anyone isn't immediately aware, the Fifth Amendment is the one that uh, present, prevents you from uh, testifying against yourself, self-incriminating. Yeah, the right you to remain silent. Yeah, the right to remain silent, basically. Um, well, as it turns out, Massachusetts Supreme Court has ruled otherwise. In this particular case, the state's arguments are based upon the defendant's own statement. Uh, the suspect in this case, uh, uh, Leon Gelfgat, which sounds like an ALF name, um, <laughs> he's from Planet Gelfgat, was arrested under suspicion of mortgage fraud. He told the state troopers that everything on his computers was encrypted and no one's going to get to it. He also explained, and I'm reading this straight from the article, he also explained that he was capable of decrypting this data, of decrypting it, but refused to. So the state Supreme Court has ruled that if it is a foregone conclusion that it's on the computer, then it's not self-incriminating anymore. Since he's already alluded to it. Right, which I think is a brilliant loophole to it. 
I don't know. I I can understand people saying, well, then what rights do I have if they can order me anyway? Yeah. But in in this instance, it's kind of like, uh, say you're framed for a robbery, right? Or not framed, but say say you're you're um, arrested for a robbery, and you say, yeah, all the stuff that I stole is in my house, but you can't get into my house because it's my house. Well, in that instance, because of probable cause, they would get a warrant to search your house. It's right, the so, same thing in this instance. So I guess foregone conclusion is kind of like probable cause. Yeah. But again, like we have brought up in previous shows, this foregone conclusion, this probable cause that's leading to evidence, is evidence that requires your password. It requires you voluntarily giving up your password. Because if you have body parts in your home and they're going to search for it, if they can't get in, they break down the door. Right. They can't do that to a computer. They they can. It, nothing. Nothing's uncrackable. It just takes a lot more time and effort. It would be easier to have the pass, password, but... Uh, Depending on the encryption, you could die in prison before they crack it. This is true, too. But who has that kind of encryption anyway? <laughs> Very true. Um, the question is, Is what does this mean in the broader scope of things? Are we worried about this? Does this seem okay? Yeah, not sure. I'm not sure either. I mean, I understand it in this in this episode, in, in this instance with this particular case. Yes, it makes sense. He bragged about it. That's just dumb. Okay, it goes kind of back to that whole thing that if you get pulled over and a cop wants to see what's in your trunk, he's not allowed unless you give him permission. But if you're sitting there going, <laughs> man, if only you could see all the cocaine I have in my trunk right now. But you can't because <laughs> I'm not giving you permission. Well, guess what? They're going to get permission from someone else and they're going to they're gonna open up your trunk. And meanwhile, you'll be sitting there on the side of the road in handcuffs while they're getting their permission. So... Yay. Good for you, Planet Gelfcalf. Man, I just... I forgot. Here we go. Okay. Yahoo. We haven't talked about Yahoo since, I think, CES. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. We talked about about Community recently, though. We, We have. Now, Community, if you're not familiar, is the very popular show on NBC. Well, I should say very popular with some people. Because it lacks the huge draw of the big shows. And it lacks the ratings that the network would like to see of it. But we've always loved it. And we're not the only ones. The the people who like community, the community who like community, have always been very, very vocal about it. It was cancelled. And then it was brought back. And then it was placed on indefinite hold. And then it was brought back, and then just recently it was taken off the air again. Sony, who owns the rights to it, were keeping uh, different options open, and it looked for a while like it would be going to Hulu. And then Sony randomly took it off the table, said it's not for negotiation anymore, and the contracts all the actors um, fell through. They were released from their contracts. Well, it is Yahoo to the rescue. Yahoo TV has purchased the rights to now create community, enabling them to have their sixth season. Now, whenever they've tried to save the show, the big joke has been uh, six seasons and a movie. That's what they've always said. (laughs) Which I don't think a movie would work for this format show, though it would be hilarious. (laughs) If they did it like uh, Hangover style or something. Yeah, exactly. But I am excited to see this keep going. But does anyone have any experience with Yahoo TV? You know, this is the first time I've heard of it in in this setting, where they they call it Yahoo Screen. That's the first time I've heard of it called that. And maybe maybe they talked about it at at CES. Um, But it's one of those things that, you know, it's like, oh, it's another Yahoo thing we don't care about. Um, I remember their, their YouTube knockoff a while ago um but i've never really used it (laughs) does anyone ever really use them yeah 
Now, what's really funny is here, uh, Dan Harmon, who created Community, and will continue being the executive producer for it, he had this to say, quote, I am very pleased that Community will be returning for its predestined sixth season on Yahoo. I look forward to bringing our beloved NBC sitcom to a larger audience by moving it online. I vow to dominate our new competition. Rest easy, Big Bang Theory. Look out, Bang Bus. End quote. Uh, which it, what he's alluding to there is that he, they're no longer taking over the same rating spots and time slots as Big Bang Theory, and instead they're now going after online pornography because it's a different audience. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm very very excited for this. I'm not really sure how it's going to go on you on you yeah, YouTube Yahoo. Uh, Squishy will be quick to point out that Yahoo actually has a really awesome news desk. Remember, I remember him telling yeah. that to you and I, and we were surprised by how much Yahoo Sports has always been a driving factor in the sports world. But I don't know quite how Yahoo TV is going to do for online digital media. Yeah, I'm not sure. The, uh, Yahoo Screen um, doesn't really have a lot to offer, and so maybe this is um, the jumping-off point for Yahoo Screen. Maybe th- maybe this is what launches them into internet stardom, you know what I mean? It won't put them up to the level of, of Hulu or, or Epix or anything like that. I think they'll still remain Yahoo for a while. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah now, um, they're not the first ones that did this. Okay, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer started on the WB, then used to move to UPN. Uh, well, though, to be perfectly honest, UPN kind of took over WB, and they become the CW. Um, Arrested Development is now on Netflix, and not just on Netflix, they're produced by Netflix. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of shows that have successfully moved moved around. So then- I'm not... And speaking of Netflix, there there are a lot of successful shows that started out exclusive, exclusively on Netflix. House of Cards, um, Black is the New Orange. Um, oh yeah. So internet as a as a starting point for shows is becoming more and more legitimate. So unfortunately, you also for for, for every um, Orange is the New Black, we also get Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, I said Black is the New Orange. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you did. I don't watch that show anyway. (laughs) Me neither. I know. I know. I should. It's so good. Everyone says that. I only have a certain amount of time for my shows, and Falling Sky has started up again. So, woohoo! Speaking of which, let's go. Let's go on a little tangent here uh, because no one else is going to talk about it. Have you seen the last ship yet? I have not. It just started on TNT. They've only done two episodes so far. Our friend Adam Baldwin is in this show. It's his new series. He is the XO of a, a destroyer, a, a Navy destroyer, which is the last operating ship in the world. A huge plague has wiped out a good chunk of the uh, population of Earth. They have two scientists on board. They're tasked with finding a cure. It's uh, the the captain, I forget, is Eric Dane. He played McSteamy on Grey's Anatomy uh, until he was killed in a plane crash. Spoiler alert. Not that I know anything <laughs> about Grey's Anatomy people. <laughs> cricket, cricket. Um, it's really good so far. If you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. It's kind of that cool apocalyptic, um, you know, un- the undead sort of thing, the walking dead. But it's produced by Michael Bay, so there's a whole lot of military action in it. Sounds really cool. Yeah. It's definitely at the top of my list, and I'm definitely going to watch it when I have the time. So You should. You should. And the new Arrow um, spinoff, The Flash, has leaked online. You can check the pilot out online. Not that you should, but in case you do, it's pretty good. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) So, yeah, okay. There's my TV recommends for the week. Um, Speaking of TV... And illegal. And illegal, yes. <laughs> Aereo, of course, last week we talked about how Aereo 
had been struck down by the Supreme Court. Rather, because that's not entirely accurate, but that Aereo's technology of leasing out individual antennas to stream content over the internet was in fact illegal and against copyright law. Whenever a ruling like this is put out there, it is immediately picked up by pundits of one side or the other and start and it's then used as a a basis to which other courts should look at other rulings. <laughs> which is odd to me because Aereo was a unique service. There is no other service out there that does what Aereo does. So yeah, so this this was weird to me when I when I found this out. It's kind of weird to everyone. What's happening is Fox is taking this argument and this case and taking it to this other case that's been completely unrelated to it to kill the dish hopper. Now, people have hated the dish hopper for as soon as it came out. And when I say people, I mean rich people who want to give you ads because the hopper allows you to stream content from the internet or stream it out to the internet and skip commercials. That's why it's called the hopper. It hops and commercials. By, by, by streaming out to the internet, they mean streaming out to yourself when you're in another location other than your home. So you're not Correct, streaming it right. to like friends and family. You're... Right. So your service, your system at home can be recording your shows, but you are at a relative's house on vacation. You can open up your iPad, sign into your Hopper service, and have your recorded TV streamed to your tablet or to your phone. And as an added feature, it will hop over commercials. Well, you can imagine how much different networks don't like that. Well, so Fox has been in court with Dish for a long time saying this is illegal and it shouldn't be allowed. Except for the fact that Dish has a license from Fox to rebroadcast. And and then once it's rebroadcast to the customer, the customer can do whatever it wants with it. It says that in Dish's terms and Fox's terms. So, go yeah. figure. Well, Fox is now saying, well, see, the fact that the Supreme Court has ruled against Aereo means that Dish is being completely illegal here, too. Which makes no sense. It makes none. It works completely differently. Dish is paying for it already. Um, Fox is not losing any money here. Yeah. No I, <laughs> and here's the really annoying thing about this to me, is the fact that um, I've got news for people. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time now, you know that I use a media center. Mine happens to be Windows. There are other ones that run, you know, uh, Xbox Media Center, XBMC, there's ones that run Linux and Ubuntu. There's ones that run, you know, even Apple TV, okay, or Roku, or any number of ones. If you have a media center, there are hacks, or there are guides, or it's baked right in the ability to re-encode TV to not have, not have ads, and to stream it out on your own IP, basically giving you Hopper-like service. This has been around. For over 10 years. Okay. It's just really kind of difficult to set up. If you're not familiar with it. That's the reason the hopper was such a big step forward. Not because it gave technology that no one else could do. But simply that it made it easier. For everyone to do it. It was plug and play basically. Yeah exactly. It was totally plug and play. That's the normal way of things. Okay. To have a really kind of enthusiast market that works on a type of technology that no one else has, and then some technology is able to bring some company, sorry, is able to bring that technology to the masses. Where that's different here is suddenly the broadcasters are trying to stifle it and they're trying to kill it. They're trying to kill something that has already been alive and thriving for over a decade, as if it's some new threat that no one ever saw coming. Yeah, kind of like the aerial ruling gave them a new hope. Yeah, (laughs) and they knew it was coming. They knew it was because, like I said, it's over a decade old. Yeah. Now the real question here is: is 
will someone else be able to step in? Because I think one of the reasons that Dish is able to be under such fire is because they're still the only ones who offer a service like this. And it's easier for broadcasters to team up on one person who's doing it. It'd be a lot harder if everyone was doing this. I, I thought Xfinity also did it through Comcast. I could be wrong, but... I don't believe they do. Okay. And furthermore, the only way that uh, Dish is able to do this is because they license technology from Slingbox, which is a company that, again, has been doing this for almost 10 years. Yeah, they popped up early 2002 or 2003 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, a long time. I, again, people, I'm not saying this to be belittling of anyone, but this crazy newfangled technology is not that new. Most of you have cars older than this technology. So, That's just sad. saying. <laughs> you should have a newer car. <laughs> I should have a newer car. I should have a newer car that I could stream TV to it. Up onto my heads-up display. Driving. But it'll well, drive it'd be, for you, so... Yeah, exactly. It'll be driving itself. And it turns into an F-150 whenever it gets hit with grenades. Yep. That's got to be the uh, number one feature. And turn back into a Mustang. We... <laughs> Ten points if anyone can name what we're talking about. I will give you your geek points on Facebook. Just send them to feedback at StolenDroids.com. <laughs> Schmitty is facepalming hard right now. <laughs> oh, oh mem memories. <laughs> memories. It was so bad. It was so painful. <laughs> and I gave it such hopes. Stop giving hints. Well, I want to see if people can get that. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, uh, into some mobile news. The FTC has charged T-Mobile of putting fake text message charges onto your bill and making tons of money for it. The question becomes, what kind of charges can you put on there? Well, everyone is aware of all the extra little things that get added to your bill, okay? You have the federal access charges. You have your monthly recurring charges. You have other charges. That's like that 911 charges. And yeah, you know, 411 if you decide to use that. or Well, there's another one called third-party billing. And in third-party billing, a phone company places charges on a consumer's bill for services offered by another company often receiving a substantial percentage of the amount charged. When the charges are placed on the bill without the consumer's authorization, it is known as cramming. Okay, so what would be a good example of cramming? Um, well, these third-party billing, I guess, would be like if you sign up for those uh, horos horoscope stuff or the um, you know, joke-a-day text messages. Those charge a fee, not to you, but they charge it to your carrier. And that's where those get crammed onto your bill. Um, and and those, uh, those are a little tougher to call uh, unauthorized charges because um, those third-party uh, companies sneak in in their terms of service that, oh, by, by texting us, you are accepting these charges. Um, yeah, I kind of so, wonder if most of these are coming from things like that. Sometimes little things like, you know, text this number, text love to, and it gives a five-digit number, to get your daily match of singles in your area, okay? That's a third-party service. And you may think it's being free, but you, have made, you may have just signed your cell phone up to something. That's why I never text those numbers if I can avoid it. Because most of the time, it puts you immediately on a distribution list, and you'll never get off. Right. Well, if you okay. get off one, they've already sold your number to 15 other places. So. <laughs> well, the uh, the charges here is that T-Mobile was getting such a large kickback, and in many times, it was on bogus third-party charges that never actually you never signed up for. And they made millions of dollars on it. Now, of course, they have claimed that... This is an absolute farce. It is completely without merit. Uh, we would never do that. We believe customers should only pay for what they want to and what they've signed up for. We completely you know, abhor these charges. But the FEC is actually seeking a lawsuit against T-Mobile for this. And they're saying that it may have been happening on other carriers, carriers as well, and they're going to be looking into it. 
this is huge. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if part of it is, uh, I mean, a lot of, a lot of these third party companies, uh, that deal with the carriers directly instead of charging you kind of makes me wonder if uh, part of it is a lack of, um, I don't know, a lack of effort on their part where you may sign up to something like this and then like, a, you know, get your daily horoscope or something. Um, and then you, you decide you don't want it and you, you get your name taken off of it. You're not sent the daily horoscope anymore, but maybe that company has, uh, you know, be, because of lack of effort, they forget to take your name off of that list and, and they're still charging you. Um, or they go out of business because they're probably, you know, dime a dozen. They pop up and out so fast that you know one could go out of business and forget to remove those automatic subscription charges or something you know and keep breaking in the dough on the on the side so it, i would i would give the benefit of the doubt to t-mobile in this situation if it's something like that because of the the manner of the you know business that these third-party companies do yeah i this Honestly, I think all those services, all the th third-party services, on one hand, it could be argued you get what you asked for, you get what you paid for, you signed up for the service, of course it's going to be crap, what were you thinking? But on the other hand, there's like no regulation to these third-party services at all. Right, and they've been around for two or three decades, as long as cell phones have been around. <laughs> yeah, longer than smartphones, people. They've been around for a long time, and they know what they're doing. And what's really scary, in my opinion, most of them are not even legitimate businesses. Here, we don't have Zoner here because Zoner would totally put his tinfoil hat on. But I'll <laughs> I'll put the tinfoil hat on you for him. Okay, what if when you're putting in, you know, press laughter to this number for a joke of, joke of the day system, you're also registering your phone with an NSA listening program. Hmm? Hmm? No, your phone was already on one before that. <laughs> Probably. The truth of the matter is, though, when you do those, you really don't know where you're putting your number. Right. I mean, there's a reason why they're on late night TV. Because <laughs> they're crap. Yeah. Well, it's the same. I mean, not not to, to go further out and on the limb here, but it's also whenever you sign up for, you know, win a free car, win a cruise, or... Um, or any any of the you know shop from home networks or something you know that you don't know what they're using your number for because they're not they don't have a clear writ of of explanation of what they're what they're using their information for. Do you think there's a way that we're going to be able to get you know back in the day when people used to browse to things like that and that's one of the reasons one of the very small reasons, but one of the reasons why incognito mode was invented for browsers. You could go into private mode or incognito mode, so they couldn't really track you as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, Do you I, think that there's a way that they'll start to bring incognito mode to your cell phone? It, it already has. It, Chrome for Android, at least, already has incognito mode. Um, well, right, but I mean for texting. Oh, for texting. Oh, that's a good point. Because that's something that could be abused, too, by end users. Yeah. Wasn't that what Snapchat was for? <laughs> <laughs> I want to send a Snapchat to laughter at 74760. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. If they ever do something where, you know, I, I want to text anonymously, um, but that, that would defeat the purpose of, of anonymous because then they wouldn't be able to reply to you. So Right. Yeah. Hmm. Very, very, very interesting. Okay. Uh, into some other news. And this one gets weird, in my opinion. But evidently, there is a video game tournament. Uh, South Korea has a, um, a video game-based one where they are working on trying to get easy e-games or e-sports to become recognized as actual sports yeah, the they have national e-sports yeah. federation they were, they were actually trying to get league of legends into the olympics recently so which to me i have a hard time calling that sports i'm a gamer <laughs> i'm a geek okay i get yeah. it people i have or at least i had last time i checked 
I'm ranked number 14 in the world on Snow Jam for SSX3 on Xbox. Yep. Okay? I understand what it means to be so good at something on a video game that you are ranked in the world. However, it's not a sport. That being said, they have put in place a tournament, and to qualify for the tournament, other people were trying to get um, qualifiers put in place. The issue is is that the qualifiers were split into men's groups and women's groups. So women weren't allowed to play in the male-only game tournament, which included games like Hearthstone, Dota 2, StarCraft 2, and Ultra Street Fighter 4. Uh, if you were a woman, you could play StarCraft 2, Tekken Tag Tournament 2, and that's it. And that's it. It's not like any of these games are particularly well-suited for a girl over a guy. But the point of it was, was that real sports are split up into men's and women's. And so they were trying to do the same thing for these games. So they become more legitimate as actual sports. Now, aficionados of the sport, sport that I use very loosely there, will recognize that chess does the same thing. Even though men and women are equal on the chess board, they split the teams, they split the league up into men and women. I think Checkers and Connect Four do that too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Twister definitely. There's a lot of lawsuits <laughs> with that. Pickup Sticks, however, is a free for all. It's complete yeah. co-op. Those hippies. Totally co-ed. Yeah. Yeah. This is. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one because it just seems wrong on so many. Yeah. On on one hand, I understand their their desire to be considered a real sport, like a you know, to be considered for the Olympics or something like that. Um, I applaud them for that. Um, and in that case, uh, to become an international sport, they do need to separate gender, um, which is totally legitimate. Um, on the other hand, I'm with you, Zook. It's a, it's a video game. Uh, now I'm, I, I know we're going to get flamed for this, but a video game will probably, in my book, never be at par with what international sports are or should be. Um, to me, sports, when I think of sports, I think of athleticism, endurance, um, painstaking hours of, of training and, and, and building up. And one could argue that you do that in, in video games too, um, but uh, it's not the same thing. Um, and... and I'm a gamer too, so take it for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, and it's um I don't know quite how to describe this without sounding like I'm coming against one side or the other, but let's put it this way. Schmitty is one of the best people I've ever known at Halo. Thank you. Okay. He is annoyingly good. If you're going against him, you will die repeatedly. And he just sits there and laughs at you maniacally while he's killing you. <laughs> okay. I don't know about the maniac laugh, but uh, it's sure. the Halo equivalent of stop hitting yourself. Okay, or <laughs> he just keeps smacking you in your face with your own hand. But I'd never expect to see him walking with the athletes in Olympic Village. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My face, my controller in hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. You remember that old show, The Wizard, with Fred Savage, and they're going those those types of tournaments don't exist. I don't think we need to be recognized as a sport. I think we need to be recognized as something else. Yeah, and for they, that they reason, have... if that reason alone, the idea of separating men from women is a little bit pointless. Yeah, yeah, they do have a lot of international tournaments. Uh, I've actually watched League of Legends tournaments online, and, and they are pretty intense. Um, and in those particular tournaments, there were there were females and males playing on the same teams. Um, and that's, I think, how it should be. Um, because 
yeah, there there is no physical difference in a video game. There's, I mean, yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely want you to know about that because uh, I don't know. It it just seems real shady. Uh, in other really really shady news and i cannot stress to you how shady this is well okay i should i should back up i should give some history on this okay in europe a new policy has been devised that has come over here into the states through the internet and it's called the right to be forgotten or the right to forget the idea being that if you were super young and you did something really stupid online like, you went to that college party when you shouldn't have. You got wasted and bad pictures were taken of you, and they went online. Well, you should have the right to forget that. You should have the right to have other people forget that, too. You should have the right to request information about those pictures, about that horrible night, be taken offline. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way. You were 16. You were dumb. You're 30 now, and you're trying to get a job. You know, and how can you get a job with those pictures still haunting you? Right to forget makes a lot of sense. However, it has now been extended out. So that brings us to our headline today. You see, the CEO of Merrill Lynch, the guy who helped really, really, really screw up the world's economy basically dropped the entire world into the toilet it has been re- it has been reported that they want people to forget that that he has the right to forget <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and like no no that's that that shouldn't be done um no. Currently, Can we also take BlackBerry off, but BlackBerry has yeah. the right to forget. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, okay. So currently, if you Google him, and his name is Stan O'Neill, he is a fresh, dynamic, and highly employable banker because he is unemployed. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just so wrong in so many ways. Now, when I put this uh, headline up. And this was, uh, what, like four days ago, three days ago? It hadn't been updated. And since then, the European Union, the European Commission has come back and said, whoa, 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 this is not at all what we meant this ruling to be used for. Ours was to protect innocence and to protect people down the line from, you know, bad mistakes or mistakes of youth and not, quote, to allow people to Photoshop their lives, end quote. Which I love that phrase because it's totally what it is. Yeah, I, and and that term also. I mean, it it uh, the term Photoshop your lives kind of brings into thought not just taking things out of your life, but adding things into your life. If if they're able to take things out of their life, um, what stops them from saying, "Oh, and by the let, let's put in a huge commendation here," or you know, say that I I toured in Iraq for for twelve years, you know, something commendable. <laughs> well, uh, forget that. I'm gonna like amend mine to. You know, point out to the time when I once saved the world from you know Vorgon attack. Oh yeah, and you you should you should uh, be rewarded for that. I should, oh, I should, I need that in my LinkedIn. Okay, I need <laughs> future employers to know what they are getting with me. Now I went to the moon a couple times too, so definitely, definitely. Now in the update, it does point out the Reuters and the Guardian have both pointed out that some links that were taken down by this request have since been restored. Um, and it, they're thinking that they believe it was not requested by he himself, but by a commenter for some reason, saying that they should be allowed to forget it. I'm not exactly sure how you do that, and evidently neither is anyone else because they've reached out to Google for comment and no one has answered. But it's just getting shadier by the minute. <laughs> very shady, right? I mean, there is so much wrong with using the policy in this manner. Think of everything we could whitewash out that we could completely, quote-unquote, forget. People go on and on about the U.S. having 
1984 issues, but this came from Europe, and this is the worst of them all, I think. But, mm. eh. Yeah. Eh. You know, we should just forget it anyway. <laughs> You'll know things have gone wrong when uh, we are asked to forget this conversation and asked to forget this episode. Parts that will be cut out. Exactly. Okay, our last headline of the night. Uh, it turns out that YouTube is now shaming ISPs for slow streaming video. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Because you heard it here first, what, three episodes ago? Maybe four? Yeah, when when Netflix was doing it. Yeah. yeah, Netflix was doing the same thing to people saying, sorry, it looks like you're having some issues. It's probably because all of Verizon's lines are busy or all of Comcast lines are down or, or AT&T's and they were blaming your ISP for having low performance issues or high performance issues. They're having performance issues. And the ISP shot back saying, whoa, 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 you can't say that. It's not our fault. You can't say that. That's defamation. They tried to sue. I brought up when that headline hit that I was having the same things with YouTube. And furthermore, I was having them on, and this is where it was strange for me, because I was having them on my Microsoft service. But I wasn't having them on my Windows laptop. Same ISP, same wireless, same operating system, just for some reason, you know, YouTube only had a problem with one of them. In YouTube's case, uh, it, what will happen is a little blue bar will show up at the bottom of your video. It says experiencing interruptions. And if you click through to it, it actually takes you to Google's, uh, what is this, their video quality report. Uh, the video quality report will actually tell you which providers consistently offer uninterrupted HD, SD, or just really, really low 140p uh, in your area. Not that you really have any control over this. But it's more of like a, here, see, we're, we're not at fault here. This is, this is where the fault is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still don't think this is totally kosher. I mean, I understand why they're doing it, and they're right. If your connection sucks, it's not their fault. I... Yeah, yeah I... I don't know what to think about this. I, I think it's it's completely benign for them to do for them and Netflix to do this, um, because if you don't understand how the internet works, how how you know all your connections work to to your modem, modem to your ISP, ISP out to the rest of the internet, um, it's it's really hard to find out exactly where the issue is, um, and Google and Netflix are just trying to point you in the right spot the first time um not not necessarily saying that that it is the right spot but it's the best place to start and not a lot of people know that i mean as it professionals we know we know that the first uh the for, first step of troubleshooting is to start with the user um and uh, i, I kind of wonder if this is uh a little bit of blowback from Maybe Google's getting tons of, of feedback or hate mail from from people getting upset at YouTube. You know, the slow YouTube videos. And so maybe this is just to kind of mitigate that a little bit. I don't know. I, I still kind of feel, in a way, that this is kind of like them punishing us. Does that make sense? I, I know they're not trying to, but you almost kind of feel like... And this is where the whole first world problem kicks in here, because we didn't pay for YouTube. Right. Right. <laughs> That's you know, a good point. We did not pay for YouTube. But at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, things are slow, but we can't do anything about it. So why are you putting this on me when there's nothing I can do about it? In most places, there's only one, maybe two ISPs to even choose from. Yeah. You know, why are you telling me about this? I can't do anything about it. You should learn how to handle my slow connection. Yeah. And there is some truth to that. But at the same time, Google, and by extension YouTube, can only do so much. Right. And and most of the time, uh, 
the fault isn't with the customer or um, or YouTube at all or Netflix. Um, it's somewhere in between, and and I think I think people are just, I think Netflix and YouTube are just trying to point that out. So I don't know. Yeah, I at the final word I have on this is that it is my belief, and I have to stress belief. But most of the people I know that I talk to are familiar enough with YouTube, and you can really chalk this up with how um, just a, just universal YouTube has become. That when a video is loading slow, they don't for a second believe it's that video, or that it's YouTube, that it's their internet. I, I believe we have, for the most part, gotten to that level as a civilization, that we know when to blame our internet provider versus blame the website. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that that's that. Okay, into our favorites. My favorite this week, um, and really, we have enough time here left over, we could bring up the favorites from all the previous weeks we've missed them. Uh, in fact, Schmitty just might. But mine comes to us from a Lexus ad. Now, I have a weird uh, relationship with ads because, on one hand, I install ad bar blockers and pop-up blockers and anti-spyware all sorts of stuff to block ads on my computer. I don't want them. I use a media center, and I skip over them because I don't want to watch them on TV. I listen to podcasts so I don't have to listen to ads on my radio on my way into work. I dislike ads. But on the flip side of that, some of the best music I've ever seen comes from ads. Some of the best cinematography I've ever seen comes from ads. Some of the best everything comes from advertisements, and this one is no no exception to that. It's called Amazing in Motion. It's from Lexus International, and it's a minute long. What they've done here is they've taken a whole load of stuntmen and aer- um, aerobatic performers and hooked them up to an LED light suit, okay? And then over the Kuala Lumpur skyline, they've set up this huge, long track and positioned everyone in a certain position. And as the camera pans by it, the lights turn on. They just strobe on. Okay? This sounds a little bit silly, but you know during Christmas time when people put, like, Santa and the reindeer up on their roof or on their lawn or something, and the reindeer are stationary, but the lights turn on in different motions to make it look like the deer are moving or snow is blowing or something. It's kind of like that, only it looks like Spider-Man doing parkour in a light suit across the top of the mount uh, across the top of the skyline, and it's really really cool. Now, some of them are done in um are dummies. They're not actual people. At least I hope because that stuntman that was underwater for the entire shoot probably died. Well, then he was a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's your five bucks. Sorry, you're dead. But it's, at the same time, really, really cool. It's worth checking out. Awesome. Uh, my favorite, I, I actually can't share the last three because from the last three weeks because they are all the same. Um, I, I wanted to share this this badly. Um, this is from Rhett and Link. Um, it's called the My OCD Song. Um, and the reason why I love this song so much is because um well one i love Rhett and link i love all the songs they come out with but also i believe i'm strongly ocd a lot of the things in this video um i could personally relate to um so you'll have to check it out Rhett Rhett is part of this focus group which ends up only being him um and no link sorry link is part of the focus group Rhett is the the uh the doctor or psychologist or or whatever and he keeps bringing him things that uh he needs to fix, quote unquote, because uh, because of his OCD. So it's really hilarious to watch. Um, if you have OCD or know anyone that does, that's really really funny. And, and if not, or mildly painful, <laughs> or mildly, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, check it out. All right. Well, that is our show this week. We thank you for tuning in, as we as you always do. Uh, again, let us know how we're doing. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Call us at eight zero one nine one seven Geek. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Plus one us. I have... 
that it'll never sound right. We need a verb for Google+. Um, also keep an eye out for our FantasyCon pictures and video. Uh, we're, we'll get them up to you as soon as we can. Until next time, cheers. End of line. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.